Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. It is my one year working for myself-versary, and in this episode, I want to cover how this decision has impacted my mental health and quality of life. I'm also going to talk about all the amazing changes that have happened over the past year, all the dreams that I've achieved, what I'm up to now, and what my goals are moving forward. So let's dig in. listening to this episode on the day that it's released, June 9th, 2023, then this is my working for myself 
one year anniversary. Exactly one year ago today was my last day in biotech. And it was a really, really scary decision. I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure if I was going to fail and humiliate myself and have to go crawling back to biotech. All I knew was that my job really made me want to drink and I could not handle it anymore. I told myself, you can have one year to figure this out. And if you can't figure it out, then you'll get a full-time teaching job or something. Biotech was just a never again. I just could not do it. I had a plan for like 50 million different part-time jobs that I could work while I was building up my business if I needed it. And I know that not everyone can just quit their toxic job and work for themselves. And I worked toxic jobs and was miserable for 10 years before I was able to do this. I also spent two years before I quit working seven days a week. I would get up early and work before I went to my full-time job, come home and work and work all weekend. So it wasn't like I just randomly decided to quit and then everything was amazing. There was a lot of buildup too. In my professional experience, I was constantly going from job to job, trying to get a better situation, but I had problems everywhere I went. I was a teacher for five years in the beginning of my career, and I quit teaching because I thought the stress from teaching is making me drink so much. If it wasn't for this high stress, low paying 24 seven job, I wouldn't have to drink so much. So it was kind of like the geographical cure, but with jobs. So then I switched into working in biotech, which I did for almost six years after that. And towards the end, after I got sober, I started to think like, am I the problem? I noticed that I was the common denominator in every single toxic job experience, and it started to worry me. It seemed like I just couldn't get a break, and everywhere I went, I had a problem. What I realize now is that my perspective, insecurities, and past job traumas were coming with me to each new experience. I took things really personally, I self-sabotaged big time, and my worst quality of all was fear. I've explained in several episodes now about my stupid belief, and I'll reference them in the show notes, but this belief made it impossible for me to do my best work which then made my problems worse. I would also self-sabotage by getting super drunk, so then there was no way I could do my best work. So if I failed, it wasn't totally my fault. I continued some of these toxic behaviors into sobriety, but just without the drinking, obviously. If you don't know much about me, then I was working in a lab as a biochemist for almost six years. And this is why this show is mostly about science. Through my experience in biotech, I learned that it is just not the right fit for me and I just could not make it work. And I saw an article recently that showed that I was not alone. This article reported that 40% of women in STEM leave the field five to seven years after starting their career compared to about 23% of men. So I'm one of the 40%. And there's a similar statistic for teachers. I think it's like almost half of teachers leave the career in their first five years. And that's because it is so low paying and high stress and like you never stop. So shout out to all the teachers out there. You guys are working really hard. But with biotech, I felt like my personality was just not the right fit. I felt like I had to change who I was to be valued. And I never felt like that when I was teaching. By the time I quit my job last year, 
I genuinely liked who I was and I didn't want to change or be different. It felt like only one personality type was valued in biotech and I was nothing like that. So therefore, I wasn't going to be very successful. It was a hard decision to leave my job because I was raised to value job security and benefits and working for yourself has none of those. My husband jokes all the time that SPM doesn't pay well and has no benefits and it is very true. And SPM is my company, by the way, Sober Powered Media, but I'll get to that in a bit. Thankfully, though, my husband has excellent benefits and our marriage is strong and secure so I can get health insurance through him. And I realize that most people can't just quit their jobs. But remember, I was working for two years to get to this point, seven days a week, 24-7. If I wasn't able to quit, I would have just kept building up my business on the side so that I could keep health insurance and benefits and whatever. The reason that I quit though is because I was continuously being passed over for promotions by people younger than me with less education and experience and it was insanely triggering. These situations caused very intense urges to drink and this is where the rage walk was born which I talked about the very first time work triggered me like this in episode 55. The last draw was right before Memorial Day weekend last year in 2022. Rumors were circulating that someone who had graduated college less than a year ago was going to get promoted over me, and my brain just could not handle it. I decided on the spot that I was going to quit and I didn't even care. I couldn't stay at a job that made me want to drink that much. It just, it didn't feel safe to me anymore. My plan before that was to see if I got promoted at the end of the year and to build up my podcast ad revenue to a certain number where it felt safe to quit, but I just couldn't stay at the job any longer. A lot of people assumed and still do assume that I have a whole team and a designer and all this money coming in from somewhere. But what I've experienced and learned from most of my sober entrepreneur friends is most of us creators worry about money and often feel in crisis to make enough money to support ourselves and our families. So if you're an aspiring sober entrepreneur, just know that the people that you're looking at on Instagram that seem like they're making all this money and they're super secure, most of them are actually really stressed financially. We work super long hours and we still can't get it all done. And when I quit my job, I was only making $500 a month before taxes and expenses. It was really scary, but I had come up with multiple plans to get all sorts of different part-time jobs while I continued to build up Sober Powered. So I left my job in June to start a podcast network. And I started the network with three podcasts in it. And it was so much more work than I thought. Like a million times more work than I thought. So a podcast network is a group of podcasts that come together and they all promote each other and try to get each other more exposure. They might do guest swaps. So you'll see, for example, me and Casey from Hello Someday. We promote each other constantly. She's part of the network, so that's one of the strengths of it. And then on my end, as the person that runs the network, I help get these podcast sponsorships and I run their campaigns and I make sure that 
everybody has a certain number of sponsorships. It's a lot of stress. It is a lot of stress. And I also like manage all of the podcasts in one hosting platform. I pay that massive bill (laughs) to host all the podcasts. We have an inside joke in the network about the size of the bill to host all of our shows. Um, It is quite significant. So if I don't get sponsorships for them, then the bill comes out of my own money that I make. So it was very stressful in the beginning, uh, but I'm really glad that I did it actually. So when I was setting this up, my husband and I went on a cruise to Alaska in July. So a month after I left my job and started the network and I worked every single day while I was on this cruise, I was like negotiating sponsorship monies and figuring out like campaign dates and coordinating everything. It was a lot of stress and I wasn't even able to begin paying myself until November. But I did notice that that constant feeling of dread, powerlessness, and misery went away. Like as soon as I quit my job, I started to feel happy again now that I didn't have to go back there and I felt calm and free and lighter. It was so much better for my mental health. And I'm not exactly sure what taxes will be like because half of 2022 I had a regular job, but I think that after taxes and business expenses, I make basically the same amount as I did at my old job. So I think I've done it. And about 60% of my income comes from podcast ads. So I really appreciate you listening to the ads in the beginning of the show, because if you skip through it, it doesn't count. So every time you listen to an ad, you can imagine me getting a tiny bit of money each time and that you're supporting the show and supporting positive mental health for me. But it took years of daily work to build up my podcast to where it can make money with ads. So if you're an aspiring podcaster yourself, your show probably won't make money for a long time. But keep going because it is so worth it. And I've noticed that this is one of the key differences between me and a lot of the other sober entrepreneurs that you see on social media. I have this really great base of sponsorship monies coming in and that helps my stress level and they don't have that. So I think that's why so many people have stress. So if you're an aspiring creator, I would say don't put everything on Instagram because first of all, it sucks over there. It's the worst. But you should do something like a podcast or a YouTube that can be monetized. I was also able to achieve a lifelong dream on my three-year soberversary. My dream since I was 18 was to be a professor. And the original plan was to get a PhD and teach, but that wasn't my path. And that's actually where the stupid belief came from. When I left a PhD program that I was in, the chair of the department told me on my way out, no one has any confidence that you will succeed. And I had never thought that I was stupid before that point. I actually had a lot of confidence in myself and my abilities. And when I heard that the whole department, all the professors that I admired, didn't think that I would be successful, like I couldn't handle it. So that's where the stupid belief started for me. And I had a lot of self-worth wrapped up in needing to get a PhD. So it was really hard. I had to grieve it for years. But eventually, 
I was able to build a little bit of confidence back and I got my master's degree. And I started applying for adjunct faculty positions, like basically every single semester for years and years and years and years. And I was even offered a few courses a couple different times over the years, but the pay for adjuncts is so low and the classes were during the day. So I wasn't able to quit my full-time job and take that risk. And applying to faculty positions was a habit for like seven years. So I just continued to do it every single semester, even after like my sober stuff was very public and I started working for myself. I just continued to apply like, why not? Well, it worked out and I had an interview and I got the job offer on my three-year soberversary. It was the best present. And I even beat out three people with PhDs from Ivy League schools who had lots of college teaching experience with my master's degree and sober stuff on my resume. I'm really, really proud of that. I teach chemistry now at a really good university in Boston. And this coming fall semester, they asked me to come back with double the course load. And I was only able to do this because of Sober Powered and because of the ads that you listen to in the front of my show. Like I said, it's a huge time commitment for not very much money at all. But I love teaching and I feel so proud walking into a college and being a professor there. So far, I haven't met another professor there with a master's and not a PhD. So I feel really proud to represent all the master's people who have a passion for teaching. It's hard in the sciences, though, because most schools in my area have a PhD only rule. So I got really lucky here. And I'm so petty that I just really wish that I could go back to that old school that I went to and tell the chair that I'm a professor at a highly ranked university in Boston. And I wish that I could tell like the people that I worked with at my previous job and I just want them all to know, like, what you thought of me is not true. Have a good day. And I also got some really cool PR over the past year. It's on my website if you want to look at all my PR. But I got asked to be interviewed on the Boston News on CBS Boston. And they filmed me. It was really scary. And I was interviewed on All Things Considered on NPR on the radio. And Business Insider wrote an entire article about my podcast network. And it's been a really exciting year. I'm probably forgetting some excitement, but I think you get the point. So maybe you're wondering, like, how exactly Sober Powered Media makes an income and how I was able to replace my income. So my income is made up of podcast sponsorships, my cut from the sponsorships of the podcast in my network, professoring. I have a couple courses. So if anyone buys those, I have a buy me a coffee and then my community living a sober powered life. And like I said before, podcast ads are my biggest asset because the bigger that my show gets, the more I can bring in from ads and the lower my stress goes, the more I can hire people and get some support. And this has been key to preventing stress and keeping the cost of my membership low. We currently have 12 meetings a month. I teach a workshop and it's expensive to keep a community operating. There's a lot of business expenses behind the scenes. So thank you again for listening to the ads because seriously, it just like makes all of this possible. 
it has allowed me to get that professor position and it keeps my community small and affordable. So you might be wondering, what is next for me? My first goal is to stop working seven days a week. I told myself, I think back in March, that I would be taking Sundays off beginning in June. So we'll see if I can figure that one out. It is hard though because I've had a habit for three years of working seven days a week. So it's really hard. And I just love what I do. So it's really hard to get out of the habit. I think the moral of the story here, if you're still with me after all of this, is that even if you think your job sucks and you are identifying that maybe you're the common denominator in this situation, it can always get better. Just because your job situation has sucked for years or decades doesn't mean that you can't change it. It took me like seven years of applying before I was able to get a professor position, but I kept doing it every semester because it was really important to me. I think if you're struggling with a toxic work environment and the toxicity just seems to follow you everywhere that you go, my advice based on my own experience and kind of analyzing what I went through is I would get into therapy and I would start talking it out. There's probably ways that you are thinking about things that are making it seem more toxic than it is or that are um, creating a draw for the toxicity to come to you. I've had experiences where I was bullied in the workplace and things that are totally out of your control, but there is some of it that is in our control. So I would recommend getting into therapy and just kind of talking it through. Identifying patterns can be so powerful. And the other moral of the story is whatever you want to do, if you want to do it enough, you can. A lot of people want to do what I do, but they don't have the patience and the dedication to see it through. I have been joking over the past few months that I am the cockroach of sobriety. And Instagram can keep on lowering my reach as much as they want, but I'm never going to go away. I'm still going to show up almost every single day. I'm going to put out an episode every single week, no matter what. And a lot of people don't have the patience to see that through. A lot of people get burned out and sad and discouraged and they quit. So that's why I'm the cockroach of sobriety. So if you want something bad enough, just be the cockroach of whatever industry it is. Like I'm the cockroach of applying to adjunct faculty positions. I literally never stopped doing it, no matter what. So whatever you want in life, I think if you want it badly enough, you can figure it out. And for me, there were some things that I wanted, like getting my PhD or moving up the career ladder in biotech. I wanted those badly, but I didn't want them badly enough to make it happen. And I think that's the difference. And I think sometimes we have to recognize when we have a dream or an aspiration and it's more of a, that would be nice if that happened versus I must make this happen. Because I used to beat myself up for not having my PhD or not moving up the ladder. But the truth of it is I didn't want it badly enough to make it happen. So thank you for being with me here. Thank you for listening to my show. And if you're looking for another podcast to listen to, I will link the Sober Powered Media Podcast Network in the show notes and you can check out those amazing podcasts too. And I will talk to you next week. 
I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips i'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so so inspiring i'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking in fact it's very much the opposite and no matter what your relationship was with alcohol life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober new episodes come out every tuesday you can listen to happiest sober podcast wherever you get your podcasts